stop looking at porn and win back your freedom for smart, family-oriented men who want to learn to sustainably let go of porn in a way you can enjoy and look forward to. Learning to be proud of the man you are and making life so good that porn becomes irrelevant. I'm Danny Pullman. I'm a certified life coach, and I've been coaching guys on this for many years now and have been in the porn quitting game for years beyond that. I'm using this podcast to share what I've learned and what I continue to learn on the way with real client examples from the hands-on work I do with clients day in and day out. This is a movement. It is happening. Join with us and start winning against porn now. Hey guys, welcome to the How to Stop Looking at Porn and Win Back Your Freedom podcast. I am your host, Danny Pullman. So glad you're here. Today we are talking about a very important topic. And the reason we're talking about stress and emotions and the difference between them and why it's important to handle them differently is because uh, when you have words and a framework, in my experience, to put to things like this that all of us humans experience, it just makes things more clear. It empowers individuals to be more aware of what's going on, to not feel so threatened by it, and also to navigate more skillfully this whole human body experience that we're all sharing, right? So um, so we're going to talk about it. And then also, because so much of uh, unwanted porn use has to do with escaping uncomfortable feelings and stress and things like that, it's important to get clear on what it is you are escaping and so today's podcast episode is meant to help you with all of that, okay? Uh, it's an important piece for lots of people when they are on this quest to learn how to do life without porn. So um, let's dive into it, right? Um, okay, so we're going to start with some terminology first that's empowering for you to know. Um, emotions versus physical sensations, okay? So emotions are feelings that start in the brain and can then go to the body right physical sensations on the other hand are feelings that start in the body and go to the brain send a message to your brain okay so emotions are created by your thoughts which you have some uh some say in what thoughts you continue to practice right you have all the say on what you continue to practice. You don't have all the say on what thoughts your automatic brain brings up throughout the day, but uh, you do get to decide how you want to train your brain and what thoughts you want to keep mine into, which ones you want to let fade away. So uh, emotions are created by thoughts. Physical sensations are not created by your thoughts, but are your nervous system giving you feedback about what it is perceiving and sensing and communicating to your brain. Okay. So then stress response versus emotions. Okay. Some people will use this word stress to describe an emotion that they're feeling. Uh, But the human stress response is in fact different than an emotion. Okay. It's a different kind of physiological response uh there is this with a stress response there's a cascade they always use this word cascade in textbooks about the stress response there's the there's a cascade of biological chemicals that that sets off a stress response in response to your nervous system perceiving some sort of danger 
okay? And notice how it's perceiving danger because it, stress responses don't fire off only with actual danger. It's uh, perceived danger, okay? And this can vary depending on different people and their tendencies, their personalities. Their, a lot has to do with their background, their history, any trauma they've experienced. And we're going to talk a bit about trauma today too. Um, but it's perceived danger that uh, can stimulate this stress response and kick it into gear. And then the stress response, um, it's really important for humans. I mean, it, it helped our ancestors survive, right? It's an evolutionary thing. It, it was very well suited for the conditions that our more ancient ancestors lived in. Uh, nowadays, our nervous systems often perceive danger where there is none, uh, like from an email or a test that you have coming up or right these are some examples of like things that will not hurt you physically or have a chance to kill you right they're not actually dangerous but our nervous system can perceive it as danger and then that can kick a stress response into gear right so all sorts of things can kick your stress response into gear based on what you've learned and how your brain has learned how to perceive things and how activated your nervous system is and all sorts of things. So since, since nowadays, since we don't move our bodies as much as our ancestors and we're even kind of socially pressured and conditioned to not react in a, in a physiologically helpful way with stress, right? Like a teacher telling you to make like sit still in school and not move around or, if you're really upset in a work meeting, rather than flail your arms and beat on a mattress or pillow or something, uh, you kind of like sit there and hold still, or quietly take it or uh, wait till later until you're not around all the people, right? And so there's a lot of social pressure and social norms and expectations that can kind of get in the way of us in modern day processing our stress cycles. And, and so if we don't do our part, then the stress chemicals that get released in your body and the stress response, they can keep firing in our system longer than it's healthy. Okay. So even if you're sitting there still holding it all in, you can have a major stress response. I think we all know this, right? <laughs> you can have a stress response go on and on. And if you don't do things to purge those chemicals from your system, then it can keep going on and on. And then that can cause health problems, right? There's a healthy amount of stress, but then if we don't uh, manage it and let it kind of go on chronically, then that's when you start having health problems from it. So, so emotions can pass in as little as two minutes or less, right? Uh, they can pass really quickly. They don't always, but they can. Uh, stress responses, they take longer to pass right uh, to complete and this depends on how you handle it for me it can take 10 to 15 minutes on the short end a lot of times right uh but then sometimes it can take longer um you know and it it just sort of depends on how activated your nervous system got it depends on um how much you practice this stuff and your relationship with stress and the way you've learned to think about stress. So this has changed a lot for me over the years. It used to take me way longer to come down from a stress response. And I mean, it could be going on for days straight sometimes when I was in the middle of 
the PTSD that I went through um, from trauma that I experienced as a young boy. So next, trauma versus a stress response, okay? Um, so unprocessed trauma can be, it can be like stress and uh, it can also be like emotions trapped in our bodies, okay? So and it's kind of like an energy that got trapped in your body. And until it is allowed to be processed and released, it will remain there, okay? Because the body keeps the score. And this is the name of a great book by Bessel van der Kolk, I believe. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce it correctly, but um, he's uh, an expert in trauma and he's done a lot of research and a lot of great work. And the body keeps the score. That's the name of the book. And the point is that your body remembers things. And if you don't, if it doesn't get to process it, it will stay trapped and that, you know, energy's got to go somewhere. So um, your brain and body, they do, they do much of the processing of trauma for you. Just kind of as you go about your day and your life and as you move your body or as you sleep and dream, um, oh, there are a lot of different ways. Um, and then unprocessed trauma, it can set off stress responses, okay? So if, if there's trauma that's still trapped in your body somewhere, then one of the symptoms that can come from that is you'll get stress responses for no apparent reason. I mean, it is for a reason. It's the trauma, but you won't really understand the reason and, until that trauma is processed, Um you'll have this, these stress responses that fire off where you're like, what's even triggering me right now? And um, it might be nothing. It might just be this trauma that's there kind of letting you know, like, hey, there's something here to look at and you haven't processed it yet. So here's a, here's a little stress response for you. <laughs> and it can, you know, feel like stress, can feel like anxiety, um, can feel like a lot of things. So, um, and then sometimes it can feel like you're reliving uh, traumatic event if it was a specific traumatic event or if it was a bunch of traumatic events that went together um, it can feel like you're reliving some of those um, when this happens okay and if the trauma was repeated like if you had to keep going back and visiting someone who was abusing you for example as a kid or uh, keep being around whatever traumatic uh situation you were a part of you experienced um like in an abusive relationship or there are lots of things it could be right but if you're in a situation where the trauma is repeated over long periods of time then it can be more complex and that's where you have complex ptsd which is different than just traditional ptsd P traditional ptsd is uh typically associated with one single event that affects you and traumatizes you in a big way and cptsd uh is when you had to you had repeated exposure to some kind of trauma that you had to keep going back to so and uh complex ptsd can be a bit more complex to heal from particularly if you were younger in age too when it happened and uh, there are all sorts of factors but it's just kind of good to be aware of this stuff. And PTSD, if you don't know, is post-traumatic stress disorder, right? Um, so healing and processing from trauma, it 
absolutely can happen and will happen if you take steps to do it. Uh, it's not always super straightforward process and it can be pretty tough work depending on the trauma. Um, but the body and brain, they desperately want to heal and process trauma. And I really like knowing this. My therapist that I work with doing EMDR, which is a great modality of therapy to work through some trauma if you haven't heard of it or tried it. Um, she said this to me all the time, like your body and brain, they desperately want to heal, and process the trauma. And it was just kind of nice to know that because sometimes with these symptoms that would happen, you feel like your body's working against you almost and or your brain is working against you. And it was, it's just, it's good to remember that like you're all on this, all the parts of you are on the same team. <laughs> um, it's, it's really helpful. It's an important thing to know. So some trauma will, will never be processed if we don't consciously get involved. And it, if we don't consciously choose methods that work for that specific individual to work through, heal, process the trauma, uh, the individual should always get the final say on what method works best for them in that particular moment in time, in their journey, in their process. And that can change. Uh, sometimes one modality will be better and then it might work for a while, then you try something else. And you want to be open to that. And then you go back and forth and all around and change your mind as much as you want. So, <laughs> um, but the individual should always have the final say in what they do when they do it and what pace they're going at. Um, so until the trauma is processed, it can cause numerous and various symptoms of all sorts and even disease or chronic injury or pain. I mean, I can't even begin to list them all, right? Because uh, it can be connected. Trauma can be connected to so many things. But pretty much any issue with your body you've ever had <laughs> Uh, has at least a chance of being connected to some underlying unprocessed trauma, right? It doesn't mean that it does, that it is all connected to an underlying trauma, but it's just a way to show like there's so many different ways that trauma can manifest. So anything you've ever experienced with your body or even emotionally, like there's at least a little chance that some of that, a portion of that is, uh, is connected to underlying unprocessed trauma. And, and then even unwanted habits, wink, wink, right, are sometimes, not always, connected to unprocessed trauma and the patterns that we have difficulty letting go of. So um, this is where it really comes into play with what this podcast is about, right? So a, a stress response can fire off uh, based off of just real-time, in-the-moment perceptions of danger by your nervous system, Right. So sometimes it's just going to be, it's just stress response is going to go off because it's supposed to, and it's, it might go off some, in some way every day, maybe multiple times a day. And it's kind of supposed to be that way, right? Uh, a stress response can also fire off as part of a trauma response, which is basically your past trauma that's still there and trapped in your body manifesting in some symptomatic, either physical, emotional way in this moment, right? So, um, so stress responses can come from just everyday living and they can also be triggered by past trauma, um, which is like your body and brain's way of sort of letting you know, like, Hey, there's something, something going on here. Maybe 
worth looking at when we're ready to. So you don't have to. Um, you can put it off as long as you want, right? And you only you get to choose for you. Um, you kind of just got to decide, like, is that what you want to do? And why do you want to do it? And what's your vision of where you want to get if you are going to be doing some of this work? And uh, can help to get clear on some of that, right? And again, you can change your mind as many times as you want and go at whatever pace you want when you're ready to. So uh, here's the next important thing to know here. Okay, this is, we're going to talk about how fight, flight, freeze, and fawn might show up for you, okay? So these are four different versions of the stress response. And whether your stress response is based on just kind of everyday exposure to the world and stressors, right? Um, or if it's based on re the reigniting of old trauma, uh, here are some versions of the stress response that might show up for you. And what they might look like, okay? So the four Fs uh, of the stress response, and this changes every now and then. <laughs> um, so you kind of got to just like revisit what we're learning about stress. I like sticking to these four um, for this kind of thing. So fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. Uh, fawning, which is like people-pleasing, okay? So um, your nervous system will determine for you unconsciously which version of the stress response it deems as your best option for that moment and that situation. Okay. They have the stress response happens so fast. Like you don't, you don't really get to vote how or which version of the stress response fires off. Uh, your nervous system kind of does that for you and it can depend on a lot of things. Um, for a child being abused or a woman being raped by a larger, stronger perpetrator, fighting is not really, it's not really an option, right? When you're overpowered in that way. So a freeze response might be the thing that gets utilized by their nervous system in those kind of situations instead of fighting or trying to run. Because once you're caught by someone bigger, stronger, right? Uh, you can't run anymore. And fighting doesn't really make sense with someone bigger, stronger uh, to our nervous systems anyway, sometimes. And for kids, they have even less options because they can't even go run and survive on their own because uh, a lot of times their perpetrator is the person that's supposed to be taking care of them and keeping them safe. So if uh, if running is an option, then perhaps this is the version of the stress response that will occur. And fawning is also a version of the stress response that can show up when your nervous system sees fit. Like maybe people pleasing is the way to navigate this situation that feels dangerous. Um, so we're going to just do a little bit more detail on this and you'll see how we can apply all this. So, uh, the four F's of the stress response, right? Fight, flight, freeze, fawn. They're sometimes helpful and they're sometimes not. Okay. Um, each of these four F's can show up for us in helpful ways and in unhelpful ways for a healthy person experiencing a healthy amount of stress in a healthy range who healthily completes the stress response cycles as they go, this system can be very efficient. Uh, this And this system, it's, you know, if it's managed skillfully by an informed, conscious person, it can absolutely be part of a thriving lifestyle, right? There is a healthy amount of stress, healthy zone to be in, 
and you can complete stress response cycles and it's you go in and out of them and like that's part of having a human that's a human body and you can thrive with it okay it's not about eliminating all stressors and getting rid of all stress it's like stress is going to be a part of the equation it's more about changing our relationship with stress and learning more skillful ways to navigate our way through it and then also you know addressing some things that might need to be healed or processed to allow our nervous system to wind down and come out of sympathetic mode into more parasympathetic mode but anyway um it's not quite as simple as that. I'm not going to go too much into the sympathetic parasympathetic right now. <laughs> but um, not all of the less... Okay, here's some of here are some of the less helpful ways, but not all of the less helpful ways of the stress that the stress responses show up, okay? So, so with fight, some of the unhelpful ways that can show up are, you know, you get aggressive, yelling, physically fighting or attacking in inappropriate ways, uh, verbal abuse, manipulating, trying to control others or bullying, explosive behavior, right? Uh, unhelpful flight stress response uh, ways that show up are maybe staying over busy, unable to sit still or slow down, avoiding conflict wherever you can, uh, just kind of getting out of there, right? Uh, it can appear as drivenness. Like it, it, it's kind of a sneaky one. Like it, it can seem like someone's just being super productive, which is a highly valued uh, thing in our societies. And um, and a, it, it can be a workaholic, right? But then if it's this nervous system that's a bit out of whack and out of balance, then it's, you know, maybe not as pretty as it looks on the outside. So um, it's like, that's not always the case, but it's, it's just something to kind of be aware of and and if it helps you to tune in and check in with yourself, then then do it and get curious, right? Uh, freeze. Some of the unhelpful ways that the freeze response shows up are isolating, shutting down, numbing out, hiding, couch potato style, or being absent-minded or spacey. Um, and then the fawn stress response, some of the less helpful ways that shows up are just excessive people pleasing or groveling or being a doormat um not able to follow through with boundaries as well as you planned and maybe perfectionism right so this this can really be an issue when you find yourself in those abusive relationships um but your nervous system based on what it's experienced and learned can actually be more comfortable being in the abusive relationship because that fawn response might actually match up really well, for example, with someone who's more has more tendency to be, do the fight response and try to control other people. So, so we, sometimes we match up based on our nervous systems and our past trauma and um, and our tendencies, right? So, um, and then when if you get to a point where you are ready to break those patterns um, and and see that you deserve to be treated with respect and in loving ways rather than be treated abusively, then this can be a real issue. There's sometimes trauma to work through there and trauma responses like a fawn response can actually be part of what makes it so hard for people to break out of those patterns with those abusers and abusive relationships. So understanding all this uh, can help us really have compassion for 
those situations where you wonder like wait why didn't she fight back when she was being raped oh because there's a freeze response that literally stops a person from being able to fight back in the moment because their nervous system kicks in so it's not ever ever never ever 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 a woman's fault for being raped by someone bigger stronger just because she didn't show more signs of fighting back right that is so important <laughs> okay and um and then with fawning right like it's it helps you just understand like oh yeah like you, that's why some of these people stay in these abusive relationships when other people around them who see it you kind of want to like shake them grab them by the shoulders and just shake them like hey get out of this wake up right but it's just not that simple and people need to be able to come through it in their own time and manner a lot of times so um and that's why it's really important to like let people do this stuff at their own pace with their own authority and um because it can actually do more damage than good to try to like forcefully uh, push people through so anyway um how to implement all of this information in a useful way for what we're talking about here in this podcast okay so as you learn to allow and process feelings which is a really key piece right if you're escaping feelings with porn which is what so many people do it's a huge part for people right then you're going to need to learn the skill of allowing and processing feelings and being present with them and going toward them and letting them kind of come and go without reacting with a habit like porn. So as you start learning how to do this, then you're going to want to approach a stress response differently than you would emotions, right? For example, with a stress response, you may, do, may need to consciously breathe and, and maybe get your body moving in some way. Uh, there are a lot of different strategies for it that are a bit different than just passing through emotions and getting your body moving is one of the most science proven ways like regular exercise for example where you get your heart rate going uh like 20 minutes a day in some way um that's one of the best ways to process and complete some of these stress responses because it moving your muscles and getting your heart pumping actually helps to purge those stress chemicals from your blood and from your body and that's something that happens naturally when an animal for example runs or fights back or is in these situations of danger right so uh it's like i said before like in natural settings uh this response works really well but when we're socially conditioned to like hold it in and not show too much emotion and feeling then um then we need to find those ways we got to utilize strategies to get our body moving and purge those chemicals from our system and consciously finding ways to do it like for me i like to just air box or go beat on a mattress when i'm like really worked up with sort of the fight or the flight energy so um and it can help to get your heart racing and then pump those things through right so um, so you're going to want to give yourself more time to process stress than you would just processing an emotion that's caused by thoughts in your brain, right? Okay, so another way, a second way to implement this information, as you practice intentionally choosing your thoughts, like if you get into coaching and thoughts create results and uh, this whole thought work that we do through life coaching, we do a lot of that thought work 
And if, so if you start practicing intentionally choosing your thoughts, just know that emotions experienced will be directly affected because emotions are created by thoughts, right? So if you start practicing new thinking, you'll directly affect the emotions that you're feeling regularly. And the way that you experience stress will be more indirectly affected by thought work um, and by mindset work because stress isn't caused by a thought, right? But you can affect your relationship with stress and the way that you experience stress by changing your thoughts about stress, right? And by learning to think in new ways about your stress. So um, that's just another thing to keep in mind while you practice, okay? And then the third way to implement this, you can also learn to to not perceive things as dangerous that you used to perceive as dangerous. And you only want to do this when it's a wise decision, right? Like, like it's probably good to re keep your stress response and perceive danger when you're like stand at the edge of cliff, right? Like let's not train that out of us and become so unafraid of falling off cliffs that we <laughs> jump off cliffs, right? Like we want to keep some of that. We don't want to train it all out of us. And I don't know if we really could train it all out of us, but um, but you can train your brain and nervous system to respond differently to things that used to be perceived as dangerous automatically by your nervous system. And then that can change over time where it's not perceived as dangerous anymore, right? Uh, I see this with my dog, right? My dog, when he first meets another dog, the hair on the back of his neck will stand up and He'll be really cautious and make sure this new dog is safe to be around. And then after a few minutes, they get more comfortable being around each other. And right. And then he doesn't freak out once he's buddies with these dogs. He just gets excited when he sees them. So, uh, and the same thing can happen with us, right? Like, uh, you, you can intentionally do exposure therapy type things and you can, uh, learn to, uh, lessen the amount of situations in which your stress response fires off. And then you can kind of expand you and your nervous system's comfort zone over time. And expanding your comfort zone is a really empowering thing to do for yourself, right? You can, but you want to find ways to do it in a way that feels safe for you and that goes at your pace and doesn't go too far too fast, okay? It's good to be gentle with the nervous system um, when doing this kind of work. And then if you have the, the fourth way to implement this information is if you have repetitive stress responses kind of in the same way in similar situations or in debilitating ways over and over and it kind of just feels really familiar over and over repeatedly then maybe explore if there is some trauma behind it <laughs> for you to heal from and process right um, that can just sometimes be a sign that there might be some trauma there. So, and then the fifth way to implement this is, uh, explore. Oh, and you know, a good place to start with, uh, processing trauma is work with a therapist who's good at that or with a trauma informed coach or both at the same time. So people like doing both because you hit, hit it from different angles with the therapist therapy versus coaching and, um, I, I got to a certain point with therapy, processing my trauma, 
but then there was a certain point where like I'm so glad I brought coaching in the mix because it just added a really important future focused piece to it and uh, just a bit more focus and intentionality with what I was aiming at and uh, so I love bringing coaching in as a piece when it makes sense to you. Um, and then the fifth way to implement this information is to explore and learn about other strategies <laughs> for completing stress response cycles and or regulating emotions, right? Like I encourage you to do some research on emotional regulation and on how to complete stress response cycles and see what other people do, see what science has said about it and, um, and try things out that fit with you and your style and don't feel like you got to find the right way to do it. Just, yeah, and get creative. Sometimes you come up with your own. Um, so, so those are five different ways you can implement what we're talking about today. And then, you know, how do, how do you apply this information to an unwanted porn habit? Just real quick is when you are using porn habitually to escape the feelings and sensations that you're experiencing, usually uncomfortable ones. And again, this is a huge part for most people in my experience. It's a huge, huge part. Even when you you don't think it's a part of it, like it is usually more a part of it than people realize. And when you start learning how to like become aware of this stuff, uh, at first it feels awkward and weird and challenging and like, whoa, really? I do that more than I realized. Um, but then also it becomes so empowering. So if you stop viewing porn suddenly after practicing escaping these uncomfortable feelings of stress or emotions for so many years, then there's going to be some emotions there and or some trauma or stress or sensations for you to address in a new way instead of just kind of hide and escape from them with porn. Um, which, what would porn fall under? Which, which of the four Fs? I mean, that, that could be in the, it might be in the freeze response for some people sometimes, and then it might be in the, the flight type of stress response if it was connected to a stress response ever. Uh, and, you know, it might be one of those things where sometimes you've learned to connect your porn habit with a stress response and sometimes not. So you get to just kind of start being curious and find out for you what it is. Um, and then, so yeah, if you've had this practice of avoiding emotions and then you suddenly remove porn from the picture, then there's some stuff there to look at and face that uh, can be challenging. If you don't know what's going on, it's like, oh, no wonder life feels so much better doing it with porn right now because I don't know how to face this stuff without porn. So um, so you want to just kind of be aware and, like I said, be curious, be compassionate and patient with yourself as you do it. and you know, for most people, mistakes happen as they're trying to learn how to do life without porn. So like you'll have moments where you don't look at porn and you do find new ways to cope with this stuff. Uh, and then you might go and look at porn again another day to cope with it. And it, that might just be part of the process for you. And who's, who the heck cares if you're still going to train your brain a new way and get where you want with your goals, like let mistakes be a part of it. Right. So, um, and then, if you don't make room for becoming aware of these feelings and don't learn new strategies for allowing and processing and healing and regulating them, coping with them, then you will probably just continue going back to the porn habit 
or whatever other external things you're using to buffer with, right? Um, and if that's not what you want, then that's why it's good to know everything that we're talking about in today's episode and to learn how to address it in some new ways. Okay, so this is, again, just a really understanding the stress response and how it's different than emotions and some of the different types of stress responses and how it can be connected to trauma and uh, just some of the different strategies you might want to use depending on what it is coming for coming up for you in the moment. Um, it just helps you be that much more prepared and aware and and hopefully gives you clues on some of your key next steps that you need to learn uh, to address some of this stuff, okay? Because um, you don't want to let something like this, a little something like this stand in the way of you and and being the kind of person you want to be and making the changes you want to make and healing in the ways you want to heal, right? Like the life that you want for you is absolutely possible and brains can change, nervous systems can heal and um, you can, even if you never learned it before in your whole life, no matter how long it's been, you can learn new ways of interacting with these feelings and with the stressors and with the stress responses in your own body. And uh, absolutely you can change and learn. And, um, and that's like a big part of what we teach in a hands-on way through this coaching program, through these services that we offer. Uh, a lot of it is like, okay, how do we manage our brain in just a really use, uh, usable, practical, doable sort of, way uh, that really makes a difference and makes all the difference <laughs> right like it's it's set up to make all the difference so that you can quit porn for good um, that's what's so fun about it and it, it works so freaking well uh, I just love sharing it with more and more people so keep going and keep practicing and our program is not for everybody right uh, but it, if it is for you, or if you want to find out, if you want to, you know, learn more useful information like this and want help applying a tested system that not only helps you quit porn for good, but helps you make your life so good that porn becomes irrelevant um, as you keep practicing with the tools, applying it to different parts of your life, then come check out the life coaching options that we offer, right? Schedule a free strategy call right away. And you can figure out your next steps and find out what fits just right for you because you're, you're the only one that's going to know best what that is, what fits for you, okay? But uh, we'd love to meet you and love to find out if it is that fit together, all right? You guys have a great day. So glad you're here. Do not give up on the life that you want for you. Keep going. Show up for yourself. You are worth it. Uh, if you truly, truly, deeply love yourself, how would you show up for yourself today? Uh, what would you do next? Love is never a bad option to bring more love into the mix. I invite you to bring more love in the mix. I pass on whatever love in my heart I have right now that I can through podcast form to you right now. Uh, I just want to like spread more love to anyone who's listening and hopefully even beyond that if it can work that way all right uh 
All right. Thanks for listening, guys. So glad you're here. If you enjoyed listening to the How to Stop Looking at Porn and Win Back Your Freedom podcast, you have to come check out the Chainbreaker program. It's my group coaching program through my Chainbreaker Coach app where you get access to regular group coaching calls and or one-on-one coaching calls, training modules, tools, a community of like-minded guys where we take all of this great information and learn to actually implement it in a game-changing way that works. This is about so much more than just a porn habit. Join us at dannypullman.com forward slash work with me. Don't forget to spell Pullman, P-O-E-L-M-A-N. Become a chain breaker and learn to unchain your personal power. And remember, the power to make the changes you want is already there. It's just a matter of learning to access it. Thank you.